I'm Dr. Sarah Dill, and this is the Stressless Physician Podcast, episode number 60. Welcome to the Stressless Physician Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Dill, MD. Using my unique combination of coaching and mindfulness tools, I will teach you practical ways to reduce your stress level, feel happier at work, and create a better balance between your medical career and personal life. If you are a busy practicing physician who wants to design a life and medical career that feel good to you, you are in the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Episode 60. I can't quite believe it. I know that typically on the 10th episode or multipliers of that, so 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, I have focused on lessons learned. And today I decided I would do something different. I am going to discuss a topic, though, that I first read about in a book which I guess is true of most things that I learn. But today I wanted to talk about something called the third path. And this has to do with something called post-traumatic growth, which is also called adversarial growth. And I really like this term. And I'm guessing that you've probably heard something about this. It seems like it's been somewhat trendy or, I don't know, commonly discussed, at least in coaching circles and self-help and personal growth circles. And I think it's an amazing thing. And so it's a more recently discovered or more recently elaborated on finding in positive psychology that refers to this sort of process of positive changes that are seen in people's perception of themselves their philosophy of life, relationships with others, and meaning-making that occurred during or after a crisis or trauma. That's the definition of post-traumatic growth or adversarial growth. So basically, it's that for some people, and this is the most interesting part of it, for me, some people respond to crises or trauma in a way that creates improved self-perceptions, relationships, and finding meaning in their life or creating meaning in their life. And what a lot of the studies in positive psychology have looked at is what are some of the common factors in individuals that experience positive changes in their identity, in their relationships, and in their worldviews following stressful events things that we would call a crisis or trauma or really any major stressful event? And what are the characteristics that individuals who do not experience adversarial growth or post-traumatic growth, what are their sort of common circumstances? Because of course, I believe that if we can identify sort of what are the habits of people who tend to be happy, who tend to be resilient, who tend to bounce back, right, who tend to experience these positive changes following crises, who tend to thrive in what other people would perceive as very negative environments, can we learn to cultivate that? Can we learn that as a style of relating to life in a way intentionally to create 
less stress for ourselves and more happiness and well-being and thriving. So I'm going to talk about this over the course of a few episodes, this idea of mental fitness and mindset and these common characteristics that we can cultivate, because I really think this is everything. But today I wanted to focus on this using a term that I first learned in a book called The Happiness Advantage, How a Positive Brain Fuels Success in Work and Life. And this is a book written by Sean Acor, I think, I hope I'm not butchering his name, A-C-H-O-R. I think I saw a TED Talk on him, but again, it's called The Happiness Advantage. And he talks about this third path And again, this is in relation to crisis and adversity. And he describes sort of three alternate mental paths that individuals find themselves in, in the aftermath of crisis or hardship or stressful situations. So the first path that our minds tend to maybe focus on and that we get stuck in is basically circling around in your mind where you currently are, right? Where you don't really see any potential for real change and you just keep ending up where you started. So sort of staying with the status quo. So again, in the aftermath of a crisis, you just sort of see it continuing to do badly. So this might be in terms of practice. And if your practice is like my practice and we have had issues with staffing over the last three years, right? The first path would be like, this is probably never going to get better. We're just always going to be understaffed. There aren't enough people that want to work anymore. And you just keep circling around where you currently are. So it's not in improvement and it's not really worse. It's just sort of sticking with the status quo and really not being able to visualize or imagine that things could get better. The second path is when your mind and your thoughts start going deeper and deeper into negativity from the challenge, from the crisis, and keep focusing on negative consequences due to what is currently happening. And so this might be, I think we've all been around people who just continue to spiral down, right? That things are just getting worse and worse and things aren't ever going to get better. And in fact, things are probably going to get even worse and we might as well all just quit now. Right. So the first path is sort of staying with the status quo where things don't get better, but they don't really get worse, but nothing changes. So it's sort of in rumination and perseverating on how things are now is how things will probably always be. The second path is really a downward path where you just keep spiraling down and things get worse and worse in your mind. Right. And you just keep hashing out how things are going to be worse, more terrible. The third path, and this is the path that often many people don't even realize is a possibility, right, is this idea of falling upwards from crisis. So this is where your mind and your thoughts can actually start to visualize and lead you to a future place where things are better, where you are better, right, where your situation is better, where you're stronger, you're wiser, you're more resilient because of whatever challenges you are facing now, right? So this third path is essentially the path of post-traumatic growth or adversarial growth. 
Shana Kaur or Aker writes, study after study shows that if we are able to conceive of a failure as an opportunity for growth, we are all the more likely to experience that growth, right? This is that idea that you have to believe it to see it, that sometimes you have to have the belief that something is possible before you can find it or create it, right? So if you believe that failure or adversity can be an opportunity for growth, you're much more likely to be someone that is going to find growth in it. So I wanted to talk about, again, what are some of the characteristics or what is the path to finding that third path, right? To failing upwards, as he writes, to creating ourselves as someone who experiences post-traumatic growth and adversarial growth as opposed to just reacting and responding with more negativity. So the common characteristics of individuals right, that find that third path and that see and use adversity as a springboard for positive change seem to have these characteristics in common. The first is that some individuals have learned or naturally seem to see crisis as an opportunity, right? This is the idea of seeing crisis as a catalyst for potentially positive change. I like this quote from C.S. Lewis that hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny, right? That makes me feel hopeful and optimistic and excited about the possibilities that can happen in crisis and from crisis. So again, the first step for becoming someone who is likely to experience post-traumatic growth and find that third path is to learn to see crisis as an opportunity or as a catalyst, right? So just notice, how do you think about crisis now? And in the middle of a crisis, it's hard sometimes to immediately pull yourself into the, everything's going to get better. This is going to be an amazing opportunity, right? But that's the invitation here. Right? Can you become that person who, even in the middle of crisis, is already looking for the possibility? Right, You're already looking for the gift and the opportunity to highlight a podcast I did just a couple weeks ago. The second thing to becoming someone who can find or create that third path right, of falling upwards from crisis is to identify what is your counterfact in your mind? And so a counterfact is sort of a hypothetical or alternative situation that our brain creates to help us evaluate or make sense of our experiences. Let me give you some examples because that sounds very unclear to me. So a counterfact might be if you say go to work and two of your medical assistants have called in sick. One counterfact could be, well, could be worse, right? Everyone could have called in sick. A different kind of counterfact where you aren't looking for the positive in your current situation might be to contrast it with a more ideal situation. So if your counterfact is, well, I just wish for once, right, all of our medical assistants would show up, you're going to feel really unlucky and disempowered about your situation, 
So identify what your counterfact is. Are you seeing your current situation, the current crisis, as something that could actually be worse? So you want to change your counterfact or intentionally start to choose counterfacts, right? These hypothetical alternatives so that you feel luckier. You feel fortunate. You see that your situation could always have been worse. So people that experience post-traumatic growth tend to identify as somewhat fortunate, even in the midst of a bad situation, even in the midst of a crisis. So this is something that could take a lot of practice. I can already see a lot of room for practice for me here, right? Because as we know, the human brain is always looking for the negative. We're focused on the negative, And we need to actually look for the positive. We actually need to look for ways that our current situation actually isn't as bad as it could be, that it potentially could be worse, that our situation currently could actually be a good thing down the road. So this is the idea that people who tend to experience post-traumatic growth tend to intuitively choose counterfacts that make them feel not so bad about the situation. So it makes your current experience seem not quite so terrible. And then the third step in becoming someone who can create or find this third path in the midst of crisis, right? This path towards growth and towards becoming someone who experiences positive changes in your identity, relationships, and worldviews after challenges is to learn to create a positive narrative. So you can see what is your explanatory style of events and can you change it to a more optimistic explanatory style or view of events, right? This is the idea that things will get better, right? If that's sort of the theme here. Can you decide that whatever is happening is just the beginning of your next success story, right? Or the next chapter of your life where things are going to be amazing? What would it be like to have that kind of narrative style all the time? So this optimistic things will get better explanatory style has actually been extensively studied There is a researcher, Dr. Seligman, who is very well known. He's really considered the father of positive psychology. And the research done in a variety of settings, whether it's looking at first-year students at the Naval Academy, looking at collegiate athletes, looking at salesmen, show that individuals with a positive narrative style, right, this positive explanatory style, tend to thrive over and over again. So if you can become someone who intentionally, if you need to, if you weren't born sort of positive, if you can create this optimistic things will get better explanatory style or view of events in your life, you will do well. Your outcomes will be better. Again, it's that idea of you sort of have to believe it to then see it. So I think even for those folks out there who may tend to be more pessimistic, right? the good news is, is that is possible to change and there's reasons to do so. If you want to feel happier, if you want to have more success, if you want to be an individual that tends to thrive, even in situations that are very difficult, that are not situations you would have chosen, 
there are ways to do it, right? Ways to find that third path where you become stronger, wiser, and more resilient because of the challenges. So again, can you learn to see crisis as an opportunity or as a catalyst for getting better, for life to get better, for you to get better, for everything to get better? Can you become someone who sees hardships as a opportunity to prepare yourself for an extraordinary destiny, to sort of paraphrase C.S. Lewis? Can you start to notice what are your counterfacts when you're in a difficult situation? right? What are you sort of playing out as an alternative hypothetical situation? And can you change it intentionally to make yourself start to feel better and feel like the situation isn't as bad as you might've thought? And then the third step is to create a more positive narrative, right? Create or cultivate an explanatory style of these sort of optimistic things will get better. All right. I am excited about this topic. I really think that this idea of mindset and mental fitness, of post-traumatic growth, adversarial growth, is so exciting to talk about and to think about. Because, of course, we live in a world where things happen, right? Adversarial events, crises, all sorts of challenging things happen and will continue to happen. That's sort of the nature of life. And so the better we can get with how do we sort of bounce back? How do we grow? How do we thrive? The better rather than try to, uh, I like this, this is an analogy that I read somewhere, but right. The, the point of this work is to sort of prevent us from like stubbing our toes or injuring ourselves. So one way you can do that is to try to pave over everywhere you might go, right? Pave the world to prevent sort of slipping, falling, stubbing your toe. This work, however, I've heard it described as putting shoes on. It's way faster. It's way easier. It's something you can control. You can do both, right? This is the idea of should we change the outside world or should we change our own response to it? I would say do both, but start with you. Because if you are in a positive sort of mental state, if you feel energized, optimistic, happy, and you're thriving, you're way more likely to be able to create the changes that you want to. So doing this work doesn't mean that we just sort of accept everything out there again. But if something's already happened, we better start with accepting it, right? And then going from there. I hope this was helpful to you. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send me an email anytime, Sarah, S-A-R-A at saradill.com. And I look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Bye. If you are a busy practicing physician ready to start feeling less stressed, enjoy work more, and learn how to create a more balanced and sustainable medical practice and life, sign up for a consult call with me at saradill.com. That's S-A-R-A-D-I-L-L dot com. It would be my privilege and pleasure to work with you.